0: Letter Ten of the Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter Ten To Miss Grenville. I have just perused my father's long packet i shall not however comment upon it till i have opened my whole mind to you in a more particular manner than i yet have done the first part of my father's letter has given me much concern by awakening some doubts which i knew not subsisted in my bosom he asks such questions relative to my real state of happiness as distress me to answer i have examined my most inward thoughts shall i tell you my louisa the examination does not satisfy me i believe in this life and particularly in this town we must not search too deeply to be happy we must take both persons and things as we in general find them without scrutinizing too closely the researches are not attended with that pleasure we would wish to find the mind may be amused or more properly speaking employed so as not to give it leisure to think and i fancy the people in this part of the world esteem reflection an evil and therefore keep continually hurrying from place to place to leave no room or time for it for my own part i sometimes feel some little compunction of mind from the dissipated life i lead and wish i had been cast in a less tumultuous scene i even sometimes venture to propose to sir william a scheme of spending a little more time at home telling him it will be more for our advantage with respect to our health as the repeated hurries in which we are engaged must in future be hurtful to us he laughs at my sober plan nothing he says is so serviceable to the body as unbending the mind as to the rest my notions are owing to the prejudices of education but that in time he hopes my rusticity will yield to the ton for god's sake he continues make yourself ready you know you are to be at the opera or somewhere or other so away goes reflection and we are whirled away in the stream of dissipation with the rest of the world this seems a very sufficient reason for everything we do the rest of the world does so that's quite enough but does it convey to the heart that inward secret pleasure which increases on reflection too sure it does not however it has been my invariable plan from which i have not nor do i intend to recede to be governed in these matters by the will of my husband he is some years older than me and has had great experience in life it shall be my care to preserve my health and morals in the rest he must be my guide my mind is not at the same time quite at ease i foresee i shall have some things to communicate to you which i shall be unwilling should meet my father's eye perhaps the world is altered since he resided in it and from the novelty to him the present modes may not meet his approbation i would wish carefully to conceal everything from him which might give him pain and which is not in his power to remedy to you my louisa i shall ever use the most unbounded confidence i may sometimes tell you i am dissatisfied but when i do so it will not be so much out of a desire of complaint as to induce you to give me your advice Ah you would be ten times fitter to live in the world than i your solidity and excellent judgment would point out the proper path and how far you might stray in it unhurt while my vivacity impels me to follow the gay multitude and when i look back i am astonished to behold the progress i have made but i will accustom myself to relate every circumstance to you though they may in themselves be trivial yet i know your affection to me will find them interesting your good sense will point out to you what part of our correspondence will be fit for my father's ear i mentioned to you two ladies to whose protection and countenance i have been introduced by sir william i do not like either of them and wish it had suited him to have procured me intimates more adapted to my sentiments and now we are upon this subject i must say i should have been better pleased with my husband if he had proposed your coming to town with me he may have a high opinion of my integrity and discretion but he ought in my mind to have reflected how very young i was and he scruples not frequently to say how totally unlearned in polite life should i not then have a real protector and friend i do not mention my early years by way of begging an excuse for any impropriety of conduct far from it there is no age in which we do not know right from wrong nor is extreme youth an extenuation of guilt but there is a time of life which wants attention and should not be left too much to its own guidance with the best propensities in the world we may be led either by the force of example or real want of judgment too far in the flowery path of pleasure every scene i engage in has the charm of novelty to recommend it i see all to whom i am introduced do the same besides i am following the taste of sir william but i am if i may be allowed to say so too artless perhaps what i think is his inclination may be only to make trial of my natural disposition though he may choose to live in the highest tone he may secretly wish his wife a more retired turn how then shall i act i do everything with a cheerful countenance but that proceeds from my desire of pleasing him i accommodate myself to what i think his taste but owing to my ignorance of mankind i may be defeating my own purpose i once slightly hinted as much to lady besford she burst out into a fit of laughter at my duty as principles i supposed i was wrong by exciting her mirth this is not the method of reforming me for my errors but thus i am in general treated it reminds me of a character in the spectator who being very beautiful was kept in perfect ignorance of everything and who when she made any inquiry in order to gain knowledge was always put by with "'You are too handsome to trouble yourself about such things. "'This, according to the present fashion, may be polite, "'but I am sure it is neither friendly nor satisfactory.' "'Her ladyship the other day showed me a very beautiful young woman, Lady T.' "'She is going to be separated from her husband,' said she. "'On my expressing my surprise, pshaw, there is nothing surprising in those things,' she added it is customary in this world to break through stone walls to get together this year and break a commandment the next to get asunder but with regard to her ladyship i do not know that she has been imprudent the cause of their disagreement proceeds from a propensity she has for gaming and my lord is resolved not to be any longer answerable for her debts having more of that sort on his own hands than he can well discharge thus she favours me with sketches of the people of fashion alas louisa are these people to make companions of they may for want of better be acquaintance but never can be friends by her account there is not a happy couple that frequents st james happiness in her estimate is not an article in the married state are you not happy i asked one day happy why yes probably i am but you do not suppose my happiness proceeds from my being married any further than that state allowing greater latitude and freedom than the single i enjoy title rank and liberty by bearing lord bedford's name we do not disagree because we very seldom meet he pursues his pleasures one way i seek mine another and our dispositions being very opposite they are sure never to interfere with each other i am i give you my word a very unexceptionable wife and can say what few women of quality would be able to do that spoke truth that i never indulged myself in the least liberty with other men till i had secured my lord a lawful heir i felt all horror and astonishment she saw the emotion she excited come don't be prudish said she my conduct in the eye of the world is irreproachable my lord kept a mistress from the first moment of his marriage what law allows those privileges to a man and excludes a woman from enjoying the same marriage now is a necessary kind of barter and an alliance of families the heart is not consulted or if that should sometimes bring a pair together judgment being left far behind love seldom lasts long in former times a poor foolish woman might languish out her life in sighs and tears for the infidelity of her husband thank heaven they are now wiser but then they should be prudent i extremely condemn those who are enslaved by their passions and bring a public disgrace on their families by suffering themselves to be detected such earn justly our scorn and ridicule and you may observe they are not taken notice of by anybody there is a decency to be observed in our amours and i shall be very ready to offer you my advice as you are young and inexperienced one thing let me tell you never admit your chichesbeo to an unlimited familiarity they are first suspected never take notice of your favourite before other people there are a thousand ways to make yourself amends in secret for that little but necessary sacrifice in public nothing said i but the conviction that you are only bantering me should have induced me to listen to you so long but be assured madam such discourses are extremely disagreeable to me you are a child said she in these matters i am not therefore angry or surprised but when you find all the world like myself You will cease your astonishment. Would to heaven, cried I, I had never come into such a depraved world. How much better had it been to have continued in ignorance and innocence in the peaceful retirement in which I was bred. However, I hope, with the seeds of virtue which I imbibed in my infancy, I shall be able to go through life with honour to my family and integrity to myself, i mean never to engage in any kind of amour so shall never stand in need of your ladyship's advice which i must say i cannot think sir william would thank you for or can have the least idea you would offer she assured me sir william knew too much of the world to expect or even wish his wife to be different from most women who composed it but that she had nothing further to say i might some time hence want a confidant and i should not be unfortunate if i met with no worse than her who had ever conducted herself with prudence and discretion i then said i had married sir william because i preferred him and that my sentiments would not alter if you can answer for your future sentiments replied lady besford you have a greater knowledge or at least a greater confidence in yourself than most people have as to your preference of sir william i own i am inclined to laugh at your so prettily deceiving yourself pray how many men had you seen and been addressed by before your acquaintance with sir william very few i fancy that were likely to make an impression on your heart or that could be put into a competition with him without an affront from the comparison so because you thought sir william stanley a handsome man and genteeler in his dress than the bores you had been accustomed to see add to which his being passionately enamoured of you you directly conclude you have given him the preference to all other men and that your heart is devoted to him alone you may think so nay i dare say you do think so but believe me a time may come when you will think otherwise you may possibly likewise imagine as sir william was so much in love that you will be for ever possessed of his heart it is almost a pity to overturn so pretty a system but take my word for it lady stanley Sir William will soon teach you another lesson. He will soon convince you the matrimonial shackles are not binding enough to abridge him of the fashionable enjoyments of life, and that, when he married, he did not mean to seclude himself from those pleasures which, as a man of the world, he is entitled to partake of, because love was the principal ingredient and mainspring of your engagement. That love may not last for ever. He is of a gay disposition, and his taste must be fed with variety i cannot imagine i rejoined interrupting her ladyship i cannot imagine what end it is to answer that you seem desirous of planting discord between my husband and me i do not suppose you have any views on him as according to your principles his being married would be no obstacle to that view whatever may be the failings of sir william as his wife it is my duty not to resent them and my interest not to see them i shall not thank your ladyship for opening my eyes or seeking to develop my sentiments respecting the preference i have showed him any more than he is obliged to you for seeking to corrupt the morals of a woman whom he has made the guardian of his honour i hope to preserve that and my own untainted even in this nursery of vice and folly i fancy sir william little thought what instructions you would give when he begged your protection i am however indebted to you for putting me on my guard and be assured i shall be careful to act with all the discretion and prudence you yourself would wish me some company coming in put an end to our conversation i need not tell you i shall be very shy of her ladyship in future good god are all the world as she calls the circle of her acquaintance like herself if so how dreadful to be cast in such a lot But I will still hope detraction is among the catalogue of her failings, and that she views the world with jaundiced eyes. As to the male acquaintance of Sir William, I cannot say they are higher in my estimation than the other sex. Is it because I am young and ignorant that they, one and all, take the liberty of almost making love to me? Lord Biddulph, in particular, I dislike, and yet he is Sir William's most approved friend. Colonel Montague is another who is eternally here the only unexceptionable one is a foreign gentleman baron Tonhausen. there is a modest diffidence in his address which interests one much in his favour i declare the only blush i have seen since i left wales was on his cheek when he was introduced i fancy he is as little acquainted with the vicious manners of the court as myself as he seemed under some confusion on his first conversation he is but newly known to sir william but being a man of rank and politely received in the beaumont he is a welcome visitor at our house but though he comes often he is not obtrusive like the rest they will never let me be at quiet for ever proposing this or the other scheme which as i observed before i comply with more out of conformity to the will of sir william than to my own taste not that i would have you suppose i do not like any of the public places i frequent i am charmed at the opera and receive a very high and i think rational delight at a good play i am far from being an enemy to pleasure but then i wish to have it under some degree of subordination let it be the amusement not the business of life lord biddulph is what lady besford styles my that is he takes upon him the task of attending me to public places calling my chair handing me refreshments and such like but i assure you i do not approve of him in the least and lady besford may be assured i shall at least follow her kind advice in this particular not to admit him to familiarities though his lordship seems ready enough to avail himself of all opportunities of being infinitely more assiduous than i wish him was this letter to meet the eye of my father i doubt he would repent his ready acquiescence to my marriage he would not think the scenes in which i am involved an equivalent for the calm joys i left in the mountains and was he to know that sir william and i have not met these three days but at meals and then surrounded with company he would not think the tenderness of a husband a recompense for the loss of a father's and sister's affection i do not however do well to complain i have no just reasons and it is a weakness to be uneasy without a cause adieu then my louisa be assured my heart shall never know a change either in its virtuous principles or in its tender love to you i might have been happy superlatively so with sir william in a desert but in this vale of vice it is impossible unless one can adapt one's sentiments to the style of those one is among i will be everything i can without forgetting to be what i ought in order to merit the affection you have ever shewed to your faithful julia stanley End of letter ten